Adam Schiff is a piece of garbage, all right? We've got this trash bag waving his lips, all right? Shut up, dirtbag. Uh, why don't you try shutting them down, all right? We've got all these losers shouting in Congress. I, I've had enough of these morons. Shut the trap down and we'll be in good shape. Honestly, TV, all I see is a bunch of morons flapping their gums. Uh, do issues even matter anymore? Do the American people, the things that actually affect them and their lives matter anymore? No, I've got a solution for you and it involves putting an end to everything you do. Here's the soap opera, here's the news. One of them matters and the other doesn't. I'll let you figure out which one. All right, this fall, start a new monthly routine that'll upgrade your life and style with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month, so whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has it covered. All right, from style, from grooming goods to beware, cooking tools, I know that's a big task for a lot of you, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections from every part of your life to get you started. Take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but over 70 bucks worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and then enter the code WHB at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Promo code WHB gets you 20% off your first box. All right. So I'm here with Nate Madden. Nate Madden, Blaze Media's congressional correspondent. Nate, unfortunately, you've been following this stupid impeachment stuff. What is going on? Like, I, I have nothing to offer. We're watching the culmination of three years of the Democrats' desire to undermine and undo the results of the 2016 election that put Donald Trump in the White House. I mean, that's, that's really all you need to say about it. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, don't you say, OK, enough? Apparently not, because we're still here in December, right before Christmas in 2019, heading into an election year that may or may not put Trump in for a second term. And we're still basically debating the outcome of that 2016 election. So to talk about what we're dealing with right now, what we're dealing with as we speak right now, the House Judiciary Committee is currently going through and marking up or you know, voting on the articles of impeachment that they brought against President Donald Trump after the months, after the weeks of investigation, after the months of speculation, after the years of various Democratic members calling to impeach him for this reason, that reason, the other reason. Now they finally settled on the Ukraine stuff and how he reacted to the investigation. Does it interest you? Seriously. I mean, uh, you know, is it interesting to you? Because, I mean, we have, we had two shootings this week. Literally two shootings. All right. The issues do not matter. Um, is this impeachment nonsense, this soap opera, interesting to you? All right. So as someone who, who, who was literally paid to, you know, cover this stuff. As a congressional and constitutional nerd, this would be fascinating as an exercise, right? I mean, it just as a pure thought exercise and all these different, you know, all these different arguments over separation of powers that have come up with the White House not cooperating and saying that this lacks fairness, we won't cooperate, the things go into the courts. As a pure thought exercise, that would be interesting. As a voter, as a dad, as a guy who pays taxes, as a guy who believes that elections matter, well, this is, this is frustrating, but it's, it's, it, after a while, it becomes just this long slog of going through point after point and talking points raised again and again 
in pursuit of something that we all knew was eventually going to happen the minute the Democrats took over the House of Representatives earlier this year. Right. We knew this was coming. And our, our, our mutual colleague, Daniel Horwitz, I was talking to him last night. Um, he said he's never seen anything like this in his career because the, the issues. I mean, we had two shootings this week. We have, you know, issues that are able to be fixed by policies that the president could enact uh, today. And instead, we're focusing on this this soap opera. Well, no, and that's exactly what it is, because more than that, we're not going to try to answer any of these separation of powers questions that have come up with the president saying we've, these guys are privileged, this, this testimony is here, because the Democrats don't want to take these witnesses and these documents and all this stuff that the White House has said, no, we're not going to give you to court. Instead, they wanted to rush into this thing and rush towards these two articles of impeachment for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress in order to get this done before the end of the year. And you know, if you've been paying attention, it seems obvious what they're doing here. They're trying to do this so they can rush through it, say they did it in their first, you know, the first half of their year so we can go into an election year with this hanging over the president's head right so who is the big like who is the biggest villain in all of this well if you're a democrat the villain's always been donald trump it's been donald trump since he came down the escalator in 2015 we know that uh, for anybody who actually voted for donald trump who believes you know we ought to respect the results of an election it's it's kind of a toss-up you've got Nancy Pelosi, who played this this whole, oh, not yet, we're not going to do it yet game with impeachment, then eventually coming around to announcing uh, impeachment proceedings in late September. Then you've got Jerry Nadler, who's in charge of the House Judiciary Committee, which is in charge of the impeachment articles. But probably the most visible is Adam Schiff. Yeah. Right. Adam Schiff. I hate that guy. The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee who ran the investigation uh, after the impeachment proceedings were announced back in September. This is the guy who had all the secret testimony in the secret compartmentalized information facility in the basement of the Capitol. This is the guy who selectively, you know, selectively decided, you know, with his staff, which which of these testimonies are going to come out, decided when they would come out. This is also the guy before that who, you know, issued the inf- now infamous Schiff memo uh, that tried to exonerate the FBI in the use of FISA warrants against uh, the Trump campaign. Right. And it's the same guy who said that the Mueller report, that all the evidence that came up from the Russia probe which was started by the fire. Which, and he was, he was head of the Russia probe. He's head of now the Ukraine probe. How, I mean, this guy is detestable. I mean, how, how do the American people look at this guy and say, oh, what he's bringing against the president is credible? Well, I think it all depends on whether or not you wanted this to happen in the first place. You know, this is by far the most partisan impeachment that we've seen in all of American history, given we've only had three of them before this against presidents. But this is just so blindly and nakedly partisan right. in its nature. Uh, and There's so Nixon, if, Clinton, who's the third? Johnson. Johnson. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, if you wanted impeachment to happen, if you wanted Donald Trump to be undermined from the beginning, then yeah, he's your standard bearer. He's the guy that's at the front of the charge, leading the investigation, putting together the Schiff report. He's the guy who previously put together the Schiff memo on FISA. He's the guy that said there was evidence to indict Donald Trump when... The Mueller report said otherwise, and the Department of Justice has put out two memos saying you can't indict a sitting president. You know, this guy's been at the forefront of this stuff. Do you have any insight as to how Nancy Pelosi went from being, uh, you know, oh, you can't impeach Donald Trump that, you know, just because you don't like the guy um, to just adopting the Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez line of like, let's impeach him? She caught up. The votes caught up. I mean, that's I mean, if you look at, if you look at Nancy Pelosi, she she is very, very skilled at. Getting, you know, at reading the whip count, at reading the votes of her own caucus. She always has been. She was that, you know, first time around when she was speaker, now around when she was speaker. The simple fact of the matter is the momentum and the votes caught up, and then Pelosi jumped on board when, as soon as they had an out with this Ukraine stuff. Right. Is this where the left is? 
Do you think? Definitely. I mean, yeah, sure. There yeah. are some moderate Democrats who are running in. They're running in districts where Trump won. That are really that are skittish about this. That are looking at censure versus impeachment. Where Pelosi's saying that, oh, we're not going to whip against them. They've got to make up their own minds. But as far as as far as a lot of the standard bearers on the political left, whether they're Democratic politicians, whether they're activists, whether they're these you know legal analysts that have come up and right, try to right. tell us that you know what the Constitution says on impeachment, despite the, despite the plain text that we can read for ourselves. Yes, definitely. This is where the movement ends. This is where it's been. Here's why I don't give a flip about this. It's because they're not going to remove him from office, obviously. No. So what is the point of all of this? To put it over Donald Trump's head, to have right. this to have this weigh him down as he goes into 2020 so that whoever comes out with a nomination can say that he was impeached. Right. Right. And it got to, to, you know, a lot of Republicans have, have quoted this fr- from Representative Al Green. And I, I think it kind of rings true with just the, the timing, the fact they won't go to the courts. They want to get this done before the end of the year. You know. If we don't impeach him, he may get reelected. And then you've also had the other, you know, then you have the argument that Schiff and Adler have put forward that basically says, look, we can't trust the results of this election unless we stop Donald Trump. Right. right. I, I want people to, to really think about what that means. They're saying, you know, we, we won't you know, we can't trust the results of the election unless a Democrat wins. So we have to impeach the president. Isn't this how our uh, republic functions, though? I mean, you know, we elect a guy to office. He gets to serve his term in office. And you don't get to just remove him because you don't like him. Well, yes, exactly. And that's what the framers talked about at the Constitutional Convention. Right. All right. So the word of the day here is maladministration. All right. If you go back to the notes on the Madison's notes on the Constitution, he talks about when they were putting together the impeachment clause. All right. George Mason gets up and says this. You know, and by the way, all of a sudden, these people are <laughs> constitutionalists. They love the framers. They love the founders. And they that's, love quoting the Constitution. It's you know, been my they, they love to watch it. They love it's it. Been, it's their you know, favorite. Nancy Pelosi is supposedly a constitutionalist now. It blows my mind. <laughs> but at the Constitutional Convention, George Mason gets up and says, hey, shouldn't there be something more than you know, treason and bribery to indict a president? Why not maladministration? And Governor Morris says, well, no, you know, we have an election every four years. Right. So you know, that ought to prevent maladministration or doing a bad job or doing a dishonest job, which is a subjective term. So they replaced that with high crimes and misdemeanors. I mean, you guys didn't vote for the guy. Of course you think he's doing a bad job. So, and so, you know, you're supposed to be able to – so the, the constitutional standard, as we're supposed to see it, is the guy serves for four years unless you can prove and remove him from office on treason, bribery, high crimes, misdemeanors. That's right. the way it's supposed to work. And every single witness – you know, I don't know what they mean by witness because, like, what, what, what did those lawyers witness? But every single witness went before them and said uh, there – There is no evidence of bribery. There is no evidence of high crimes. There is no evidence of the quid pro quo. There's no evidence of any of that. Um, And so they really have nothing to stand on. And so uh, they're trying to impeach him. And then there's the censure thing. Uh, What is so what how does that work if if, if it's a, a matter of impeachment versus censuring him? Well, censure is basically the House says, you know, you did a bad thing, you know, and we formally feel that you did a bad thing, right? It doesn't trigger a Senate trial. It doesn't trigger any proceedings towards removal of office. It's simply the House saying that. And it would give an out to a lot of these vulnerable, nervous, impeachment skeptical Democrats who are worried about not getting reelected. Oh, oh, wait, but you're, you're telling me, so there's been hours and hours, probably days of, of television coverage and it's a matter of finger wagging and saying, uh, you know, you did a bad thing. Basically, so let's look at what the articles actually say. All right, the articles of impeachment they brought against President Trump right now, there are two of them. There's abuse of power, mm-hmm. and then there's obstruction of Congress. Of Congress. Of Congress, what, what, what a political that branch. What does that mean? 
Right? So what that means is, first off, we, they, they stayed away from actually listing any statutory crimes in there, which raises a lot of questions about whether or not he actually committed high crimes or misdemeanors, despite the fact that when he announced these, Jerry Nadler got up and said, we're accusing the presidents of high crimes or misdemeanors, right. and then didn't list any statutory crimes in the articles. Then you have obstruction of Congress. Congress is a co-equal branch, right, along with the executive. The ex Congress subpoenaed all this information. The executive said, no, this investigation lacks basic fairness, so we're not going to cooperate with it. Now, there were some, there were some of the witnesses who eventually came forward. They went, they went their own way. They went to courts and everything else in order so they could come forward. They went to their lawyers. But there's still a lot of that evidence that never came forward, like John Bolton, for instance. Right. And instead of going and actually going to the other co-equal branch, which is responsible for settling disputes and controversies between the other two co-equal branches, they went ahead and filed these against right. the president. Well, mind you, I mean, this is not uh, you know, unique to Donald Trump's presidency. I mean, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, they both received subpoenas and they said, this is not legit. Um, I'm not going to follow this. And, you know, to make it seem like Donald Trump's the only president who ever uh, said, uh, you know, we, we're not going to follow this uh, or we're not going to, uh, you know, comply with this uh, with subpoena is ridiculous. Well, yes. And speaking of George Washington, he also did something that probably if, you know, if he was Donald Trump, that would have brought him some trouble in the in under these kinds of standards that the Democrats are putting forward. Right. So the abuse of power argument was that, you know, President Trump used an irregular channel to do foreign policy, to benefit himself, oh, to shocking. benefit his election prospects. You know, how many presidents what, have what made... What president has ever used a, a different channel to conduct foreign policy? That's crazy. George Washington sent John Jay to negotiate with right. the British. You know, what president hasn't made foreign policy decisions in their first term with the intent of making policy decisions that would help them get reelected? Right. You know, yeah, that's why this this amorphous, this nebulous abuse of power thing is is going to fall apart, or it's it's at least going to be widely criticized when it gets to the Senate. It's being widely criticized by House Republicans now. It's because short of actually describing a statutory crime, what one person says is abuse of power, another person can say, look, he's doing the foreign policy with the powers that were given to him by the Constitution, which vests executive power in the president. You know, I've talked to Democrats. They don't give a flying crap about this. You know, the, I've talked to people who are on the left who are just like, I don't know what he's being impeached for. I don't know what's going on. I don't really care. And, you know, it's a it's a problem when you have, like I mentioned, you know, news media covering hours and hours and hours of this stuff and people don't actually care about it. I, I, I mean, it's really I, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this kind of coverage being devoted to an issue that neither the left nor the right actually cares about. Well, yeah, people out in real America who have real American problems as opposed right. to, you know, folks who live in these Washington, New York, in these big city bubbles where they, they spend all their time in bars open early to watch impeachment testimony. Meanwhile, there are all these policy issues, there are all these policy problems that are still going on, problems that affect people. We still have a huge problem at the southern border. The numbers have gone down, but they've gone down to levels that were Obama level. That was the reason why Donald Trump was elected. I, I just don't understand, you know, uh, God God bless the president for, you know, um, everything he's trying to do. But the issues that are actually that he ran on are not being addressed. Well, exactly. And how are they supposed to be addressed? The president's doing almost like doing everything that he possibly can. Right. Various policies and executive orders and all these different t rule tweaks and everything else that, of course, all get blocked by, you know, some random district court judge somewhere that somebody farms out. But you've still got you've got the immigration issue. All right. So I wrote a few weeks ago, you know, we're back down to the, you know, the average of the Obama years after the, the surge earlier this year. We still that means we still have an immigration problem. 
That was what got Donald Trump elected. Congress had it's you know, at record levels, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's come da- so it's come down from the record levels earlier this year because of all the different things that the the administration did, but all the stuff that Congress needs to address in order to actually get that done. Border security, CBP funding, ICE funding. ICE put out a report yesterday that shows just how badly their interior enforcement is suffering because they've had to divert agents to the border to deal with all this, all the people coming in or trying to come in. Did you see those numbers? 2,500 people apprehended on murder, illegals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible from ICE. Yeah, from ICE. And you got the same, and at the same time, while all these are suffering 15,000 fewer arrests in the previous calendar year because of this, and what's Congress doing aside from, you know, they're, they're trying to keep the government open. Uh, they're trying to get the Violence Against Women Act uh, reauthorized in the Senate. Oh, great. You know, they're That's passing, they're about. still passing a lot of, you know, they're passing the National Defense Authorization Act. They finally came to an agreement on that. You know, yesterday they passed the Farm Worker Amnesty Bill that's going to go nowhere in the Senate. And instead of, you know, working on that, they, we still have interior enforcement, border security issues. On top of that, we still have rising, we still have a healthcare problem in this country that's not being addressed because we've, you know, Obamacare is still, still a failure despite everything the administration is trying to do on it and with its own constitutional powers. Congress is still focused on this impeachment stuff. And right now, right now, as the House Judiciary Committee, all eyes are on this debate over the impeachment articles. The House is voting on a partisan drug pricing bill looking over and getting, you know, ignoring the bipartisan one that actually could do something for drug prices. They're, they're working on the one that the Democrats put forward. No one's paying attention to that because we're all so focused on impeachment. All right. Well, we appreciate your insight. Nate Madden, everyone. Blaze Media, congressional correspondent. Go check out his work. You can go to theblaze.com. You can go to Conservative Review. You can go to Blaze TV and watch some of his episodes on the uh, Capitol Hill Brief. So make sure to do that. Nate Madden, thanks for watching. And we have now a segment on pornography. So I'm told pornography is speech. Two adults going at it. They're not actually talking. Maybe they say a few things to each other, but uh, they're interacting. Well, they, uh, I mean, they do say some things, but take a video of that, put it online. It's called pornography. Does that count as, as free speech? Oh, I think not. I mean, you could speak to a woman, then you could bang her, all right? And most reasonable people would say those are two completely different things. And Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire made a lot of people really upset when he suggested that porn should be banned and pornographers ought to be thrown in jail. And almost a week later, people are still talking about it. When's the last time an intellectual debate on the essential role of government captured all of conservatives' Twitter's attention for that long? Not really sure. Probably never. So now I have to talk about it, all right? Matt Walsh says, quote, children readily access hardcore porn. This exposure damages them in serious and measurable ways. This is already reason enough to make laws restricting it. Either that or we can continue to sit back like emasculated dopes yammering about free speech while kids are destroyed. I mean, that's true, right? That's true. And children are not the only ones damaged by it. I I believe the term for somebody who has spent way too much time interacting with porn is a coomer. You frickin' coomer. Not good to be a coomer. Not good to be a coomer. Go out and I don't know, why don't you try getting a girlfriend, pervert? You know, there's a lot of dimwits out there. You can't ban porn. It's, it's just free speech. Really? Silence. All right? Sex, free speech. Really? Sex is not free speech, especially when you record it and then you put it online for everybody to see. So I do. I agree with Matt on that. Free speech is one of our fundamental rights. 
all right? Free speech is one of our fundamental rights, but having sex on camera is not it, chief. If porn is speech, then a man masturbating in a public park is engaged in speech, and two people having sex on their front lawn in broad daylight is speech, and pretty much any act is speech. And the concept of free speech has no discernible meaning. All right. Our cities are bad enough as it is. We don't need to constitutionally protect some bum's right to wank it next to a playground. All right? So, no, it's not free speech. Are we going to ban it? Well, I mean, no. All right? iPhones shoot it in 4K now. You can make a Hollywood-quality movie on your phone. You're not going to stop people from doing nasty, dirty things and capturing them on video. And... No, I don't think it's the best use of our government's resources to be hunting down amateur porn stars, but that doesn't mean it should be easy, exactly, to access porn. Uh, they allow porn on Twitter. Like, really? Why? I, I can't say what I want on Twitter, but pornography is allowed? And who else is allowed on Twitter? Well, 13-year-olds. So they're seeing that. That's not good. So I'd be more than happy to see the government require meaningful age ver verification before accessing any kind of porn site. And I don't mean, oh, just check, check this box if you're 18 or older. No, something real. All right, you can do all your banking online. The, the bank has to, has to verify your identity. So I'm not exactly a computer programmer, but there has to be some way to apply some kind of technology like that, like they do with banking, to technology like porn sites, okay? Oh, but my privacy. Well, then everyone will know what disgusting things I'm into. Yeah, don't care. Don't exactly care. You know, I'm told back in the old days, you had to you used to have to rent a VHS tape at a video store, and you'd have to hand the tape to the person behind the counter, and then they would scan it and record uh, and, and a record. It would be kept with your name and what filthy smut you were borrowing from the porn store. Well, okay, so morality is a key component of conservatism. However much porn you watch, I think we can all agree uh, it's not exactly moral. Is pornography moral? Obviously, uh, obviously not. And you can legislate morality. Oh, you can't legislate my morality. Uh, yeah, you can. The only thing you can legislate is morality because all laws are a moral judgment about what society finds acceptable. So I'm in favor of regulating uh, your morality uh, if it means to the point where kids can't find pornography on Twitter. But jail for pornographers is, uh, is probably too far. Not jail them, just reprimand them. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it, and if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.